Hi, I'm Mary Michael. Welcome to the Innovate Your Life podcast. This is a weekly podcast where we are constantly inventing through actionable insights to live your best life. Join our weekly podcast for inspirational stories and mini innovative blueprints that can help you reach your goals further and faster. Hello, and welcome to our podcast series called Who's in Your Pit Crew? This is where we'll explore the aspects of building your dream team and managing chaos so you can focus on your best life. This idea of building a dream team or a pit crew did not become so important until I joined what I call Team Parent. And with the journey of raising a family with a culture and values, while at the same time rising up to the challenges of a career, I sometimes say it's like a tango dance of managing chaos and having a pit crew would be amazing so we can dance in tune and ultimately achieve life's goals. The best question someone ever asked me was, who was in my pit crew? At first I thought I could do everything without a dream team. That was such a limiting belief ingrained deep into my mind. And I was pretty much wrong in my assumption that I could be a super mom. As soon as I learned what it meant to be a parent and managing a demanding schedule, sleep deprived, I now realize the value of a dream team and a pit crew driving the same values and acting as a team so we can all live our best life. And when I mean our best life, I also want to mention that it means me time as well or taking care of my sanity. I had to visualize myself as a race car driver. And if I needed to be able to perform at my best possible self. Then, could I be expected to change a tire during the middle of a race and still keep up with the other race car drivers? Absolutely not. A race car driver would go insane if he or she was expected to do everything. This is seriously why parents need a pit crew. There is a wise old saying that says, if you wanna go slow, go alone. If you wanna go fast, go together. This applies to race car drivers, and it also applies to teams that have great attitude and want to see a win-win and work together. This is exactly what I wanted for my family. So I started to look at how I could delegate, which was not easy to do. But also, I wanted to create a winning team environment where not only do I succeed, but my whole entire family succeeds, and anyone who joins my family would win as well. Finding a caregiver to be part of my team parent was not easy at all. And I completely failed a couple times with trying daycare to trying a nanny, then trying to find somebody absolutely perfect to join the team. For many of my colleagues, this, they sometimes say, feels like a full-time job. And it can take up much of your time, even some of your vacation time, sick time, holidays. It all goes into finding that reliable caregiver. It was not until a colleague mentioned that I tried the au pair program. At first, my gut said no. I don't want anybody living in my house. And the stories that are posted everywhere about young adults looking for another place to party besides their own home country. At first, I was absolutely opposed. Also, my kids were under the age where getting an au pair was even harder. But I actually learned that it was the best thing and my assumptions were wrong. I also had other host parents mentor me in the way, in the way I screened for my dream team. So since becoming a host mom, I am now 
less stressed and can actually think about doing some type of podcast like this one. So my goal is, is with this podcast that we share stories with best practices on how to ultimately build your dream team, or as I say, the family pit crew. Because if we can all share, it's just like that wife saying, if you want to go slow, go alone. If you want to go fast, go together. So let's team up host parents and let's find the best possible family pit crew. All right. So thank you, Lisa, for joining the Innovate Your Life with Mary Michael. I'm so happy to find another host mom just as enthusiastic as I am about sharing their experience. So I have to ask this first question. Why did you start your YouTube channel called American Au Pair Host Mom? Can you give us a little bit of detail about that? Absolutely. So I started it just because my au pair experience changed my life like 300% better. Like just so many ways that I didn't even expect. Life is hard and we need help. So I, I enjoy helping people on things that I'm passionate about. And this is definitely a huge passion topic for me. So been thinking about it for a couple months. My au pair was even my first cheerleader. Like, hey, yeah, you should start that channel. And had a little downtime and got started. So far, it's fun. <laughs> so even as a busy parent, you're able to share advice and tips about getting started. So maybe you can tell me a little bit more about you. So who is Lisa? Where do you live? What do you do? How busy are you as a parent? Any parent's got to stay super busy, right? But um, I am married to a wonderful husband named Eric, and we have two great kids that are eight and six. And we both work full time, which means that we're super busy, right? Um, I work in program management. My background's engineering. My husband's IT. Um, and yeah, it's hard to fit the hours in the day. But that's what makes me so passionate about the au pair program because it has freed up a lot of time for me. And we live in Atlanta. Uh, in a northern suburb of Atlanta, a pretty cool place because it's not too cold. I grew up in Florida and I hate the cold. So even moving here, my parents call this the frozen tundra, which is kind of funny, but we love it. We're close to the mountains and the forest, but we're also close to a huge big city with lots to do. So just enjoy life. Excellent. So how did you become a host family? I know you got an exciting story. I've watched your trailer and it's pretty interesting. I think every host family has a different journey of how they got to be a host parent. So can you tell us how you got to be here today as a host mom? Absolutely. So actually the story goes back way before I became an uh, parent host mom and it goes back to when I was pregnant with my first kid. And obviously, like most first-time moms, I was super nervous. I already felt extremely busy, and I didn't know how I was going to handle it all. So, of course, I started investigating all my options. But one of the things that was in the back of my brain from even earlier was I knew somebody at work, and they had au pairs, then too, actually, um, from Sweden. And I got to meet them because I also... Uh, have opened my home to college engineering interns from my past company. So before we had kids, we would often have large gatherings with all the college interns and I'd have 20 or 30 kids on the weekend hanging out at my house and the au pairs came over a couple times. I'd never heard of it. I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I asked my colleague about it. He's like, oh yeah, they're great. Plus, you know, 
people get to know about my homeland and my kids are going to learn their, their native language and, you know, just be exposed to that. And I have a lot of help. And I'm like, that's interesting. But I didn't really think about it much then. I was a lot younger, wasn't really ready to think about kids. Um, the next kind of little pointer or thing that made me think about the au pair program was later on in life, I met a uh, colleague at work who had au pairs. And, um, and he mentioned that they're great, but um, that it's even easier to do the program once your kids are in elementary school. Because most people know that are in the program, you can only have your au pair work for 45 hours. And this is actually our first downfall. We thought about it right when I was pregnant, and we actually signed up and started interviewing au pairs. And our first interview was amazing. She seemed like this perfect German girl. Her, her mom ran a daycare. She helped with it. She had like seven little toy cars in the background and three little playgrounds. And she talked about how she grew up raising kids and she seemed super sweet. And we were super excited and we're like, here's our little newborn baby and I want you to come. But then we started calculating the hours. And with both me and my husband working, we were going to need somebody to work like 80 hours. And some people I know can do the two up hair thing, but uh, that was going to be a little expensive for us. So we flipped and we went to daycare. We were actually really lucky that my husband works for Home Depot and they actually built a daycare while I was pregnant. So my kids were on site with my husband. They did amazing, um, got all that great social interaction. But where it started to fall apart was when my oldest started kindergarten. Um, my husband works further away. So obviously we switched my son into his elementary school by our house. And also this meant that our daycare had to be by the elementary school. So, they so you know, we, we looked into a couple, saw some really cool daycare programs. In fact, there was even one that had like mini little cooking stoves and they have like cooking class and then they go bowling and they do tennis. I'm like, wow, this sounds great. What I didn't realize was there's so little tolerance um, and understanding for the kids. So my son, he has ADHD. He's like the sweetest, most empathetic little guy, but he struggles with the communication and he can react. He's, he can be much more highly emotional when things happen, right? So he'd be there and like somebody would be like, that's my toy. And he'd be like, no, I had it first. And then they'd take it from him and he'd be like, give it back. Kid doesn't give it back. He's not giving it back, he shoves them. And the daycare worker that's taking care of 15 kids only sees my son shove the other son and calls us up and says, your kid's violent, he's beating up other kids, he won't tell us why. And that was the biggest problem. My son wouldn't talk to them, he didn't trust them. And he was shy and introverted and he would just sit there. And then they'd call me up, I'd be in some big VP meeting presenting to CEOs and things like that. And they'd call me in the middle of the meeting like, you have to come right now. Like, we can't wait. Your son's not allowed to interact with our kids. You have to pick him up. And if this happens three times, he moves on to the next one. So after three different daycares, including one that my son actually went outside without anybody knowing, and he was roaming the grounds for 30 minutes in 30 degree weather without a jacket. And they had the audacity to call me up and yell at me about my kid's behavior. That was a last straw. And they were telling me things that just didn't describe my kid. It just it made me cry and it made me sick to my stomach when I saw those phone numbers calling. I just, oh, I cringed just thinking about it. But that's what made me remember the all care idea and got, got back into it and uh, started investigating, got our first all care and she's been amazing. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about the transition. How long did it take between getting daycare kind of wrapped up 
and then an au pair. I know it's something that you can't just like, you know, I know you're a project manager, so you probably have like lead times and all this good stuff. Um, I think one of the biggest pitfalls parents do is they go, okay, I got kicked out of daycare. Now what do I do? So they think, okay, great. I can just get an au pair. Um, tell me about that process. What was that transition like? Very stressful because you hit on it. It's like we have immediate need, immediate problems, and it's pretty difficult to get an au pair the next day. And we knew all this. Unfortunately, we didn't have choice. My son was actually kicked out of daycare on the last one. This was like the fifth one. And um, we really just didn't have any options left. At this point, it was late March and school ends in May. So I was like, I'm just going to have to work from home and figure out how to, you know, have my son here after school from 2.30 to 5.30 or 6 while I'm working and, you know, get it done. And hopefully I can get an all pair here in the summer. So you know, we quickly dove into it. It was so urgent. We, we signed up for, I think, two or three agencies and then, yeah, started reading the rules and figuring everything out. And um, we actually had one au pair agency reject us <laughs> right away, which was disheartening. So that, you know, there was struggle there and then learning the rules. But um, we started thinking we'd do a rematch because that seemed like that would be the fastest thing. But once summer came, we also had already signed my son up for the Y summer camp. And we had used them the year before. They had been all right. At least they had a few that were a little understanding with my son. I was like, well, he's going there. So at least if I can make it till May, I can make it a little bit longer. By that point when they arrived, we'd already been talking with several au pairs and um, found the one that we thought was it. And uh, you know, I told them I'd like to get her as soon as possible, but at least by August 1st, because that's when summer camp was going to be up and school was going to be starting. So it wasn't easy and I don't have a magic bullet for this one because you just have to make that rough transition and figure out a temporary plan until you have your final solution, right? Definitely. Um, so it can take about six weeks on average is what I hear from the time you end that interview to the time you can get that visa. And I know now with the whole J1 visa COVID situation, um, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know in-country au pairs are a hot commodity right now. So, um, yes. you know, it's just a watch and wait. So hopefully by December 31st, when that expires, we'll see a whole new season. Hey, it's Mary Michael here. Okay, I hope you're enjoying this episode as much as I am. As we enter into a pit stop break, I thought it might be a good time to tell you about some of the resources to live your best life and where you can find them on our website. As you build your dream team, or as I say, your family pit crew, I've worked with many successful host parents on how they interview to find a true team player to be part of their family pit crew. After a few years of research and some trial and error on my part, I've come up with the ultimate interview guide with over 150 questions to ask a potential au pair. Also, I give you a step-by-step -step guide on how to conduct the interviews and how to even interview the parents of the au pair. That's right, you heard me correctly. I actually interview the parents of the au pair. That has been one of my secrets of finding the best au pair has been getting to know their parents. Upon researching and interviewing host parents, nine out of 10 felt like they were not asking the right questions. Don't let this be you. As you build your dream team, every family is unique and make sure that you get the right match with your family. You can find the interview guide on our website at innovateology.com. That's www.innovateology.com under team parent and check out our ultimate interview guide. If you're driving, please don't write this down. 
keep driving. Once your car is parked, you'll find all the links located in our show notes. Okay, now back to the show. Um, you know, so I think you shared a little bit about some of the main reasons, you know, getting kicked out of daycare or just the flexibility. What do you think is the most rewarding aspect of being a host mom and part of this program? So, you know, we saw the pros and cons from your daycare experience. Now let's go into like, what do you find most rewarding about this experience versus any other experience you've had with your childcare? Gosh, most is a difficult one. There's so many. And that's really like, when you asked me why I started my channel, this is why I started the channel because there's just so much positive. Of course, there's always risk and downside, but so much positive that I have experienced. I mean, we did it because I wanted someone who could build a one-on-one bond with my child. Um, I knew that what daycare pe- people were telling me was wrong, that my son is not violent. He's not one who attacks and does these weird, raging, emotional things. He had never done that ever in my house. And uh, so I really put down to communication. People need to take time to understand him, build a bond with him, love him. And um, that was the big driver. And it's absolutely come true. Uh, My au pair has a great bond with both of my children. And I feel like one of the really tangible proofs of that is that my son, when, when my au pair joined, he was starting second grade, but he was on a late kindergarten or early first grade reading level at that point. And within three or four months, he had caught up to his grade level. So jumped more than a whole grade level in reading in just like three or four months. And yes, he has great teachers. And so I'm definitely going to credit them too. But they noticed it. Not only his returning teacher, but other people who just saw him in the hallway, they, my, the returning teacher told me, she goes, I actually have other teachers like, who is this boy? He's not the same boy that we had last year. And I said, that is totally because of my au pair. He was loved and confident and, oh my God, I just want to cry when I think about like how amazing that he's turned out because of her. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's amazing when you start to go on that one-on-one. Um, yes. And that's, that's exactly kind of what I think is the most amazing experience as well, too, is that when you start to have a pit crew, someone that's dedicated to helping you and your family succeed, um, yes. it, the, the results are endless. Um, and they understand you. And they empathize yeah. with you. You don't get these accusing people calling you out. You know, that's the other thing that really puts me at ease. And the other benefit is she's family. She, exactly. She they're part of the family. They understand she knows that. Our quirks and our weird stuff, and she loves it, and she's okay with it. And she would defend my children just like I would. So that's exactly, it. you want defenders, yes. <laughs> not offenders. <laughs> so, can you tell me like some of the challenges that you faced as a as you know becoming a host mom? I know it's a big some, some for some people. It's a big change. You got someone living in your home, or you're trying to share your culture, your way of life, not only a new culture as in America, but um, a new culture within your home. So what are, what are some of um, the challenges that you faced um, kind of coming into this program? So I'm, I'm going to give a different answer here. And, uh, that is that my au pair has been amazing. And I put some of that down to the great working techniques of interviewing and stuff that we do, but some of it is definitely pure luck. 
So I'm like so thankful that I found a rock star au pair and uh, really had not had a lot of challenge with her. And I don't want to like sugarcoat other families to think that's how it always is because it's not. So I'm going to go to my other perspective, which is I mentioned earlier that I opened my home to engineering intern students from my former company. I would have anywhere from, before I had kids, I'd have five or six college-age interns living with, with me and my husband um, for four months at a time following the college semester. And um, up from, we started that in about 2003 and have been doing it up till now. So we probably had over 180 college kids come through our house. A large majority have been American. Um, but we've also had people from Portugal, from India, from China, um, all over the world. So it's been a really interesting experience. And so I'm going to pull the challenges from them because I've had some really amazing interns who have lived with me who I still talk to today and I really love. And I even have some that I really love, but I wouldn't want back to my house. And then there's a few, there's a small few in the category that I just never want to talk to again. And um, some of the challenges, I always think communication is probably the biggest. Um, you know, you set the expectations right from the beginning that you explain things and you don't make assumptions. And this is what's funny, you know, in the up hair world, I think people already know this and they expect it that there's huge cultural differences. And so you might have to explain a bit more than you would with someone else. However, there were a lot of American interns that I had in my house that when I was younger, I made some assumptions that, hey, they're young adults. They should know how to run a dishwasher or how to respect my furniture or things like that. And I shouldn't have to tell them, but you know what? You do. Um, let's see. I had, and these are engineering interns and who are highly screened. Like, I don't mean to be stereotypical here, but usually engineers are seen as the nerdy smart types, right? Like, um, and they're top, take from the top schools in our country with like a minimum of a 3.5 GPA. Most of them have more, tons of extracurricular, come from well-off families. Like that just sets you up thinking these are some pretty smart young people. Um, but here's the thing. And that their parents taught them how to use a dishwasher or do their own laundry, right? Yeah. Yeah. But no, not, not always. So, so just to name a few of the interesting things I have uh, seen happen, um, after one of them had been in my house for two months, so he'd been here for two months, thinking, you know, he knows what he's doing. I walk into my kitchen at night and I'm like, wow, the moon's really bright tonight. It's like really reflecting well off my hardwood. I happened to turn on the light and was horrified to find that the dishwasher was foaming and there was foamy soap um, over my entire brand new kitchen. The house was only six months old at this point. And um, so then I stopped it, we took care of it. Luckily there wasn't any major damage. But when I confronted this intern who, to his credit, he was a very honest, candid guy. Um, he goes, well, you know, you always provide the detergent for, for us to wash with. And I usually had those little pellets, you know, that you put in the dishwasher. And then I had like the, the liquid for the, um, the hand washing. And I guess like the little pellets had run out and I hadn't noticed it and I hadn't replaced them. Well, he decided he didn't want to hand wash. He wanted to be useful and start the dishwasher. He didn't see the little pellets. So he just took the hand washing soap and threw it in there and pressed go and went to bed. If I hadn't walked in an hour later, who knows what would have happened. But exactly. at, uh, let's see, interns cartwheel across my pool table twice, even after being told not to. Um, just, you know, ridiculous rants of things that they think 
they have a right to do, even though it's your house. Um, and you've told them that you don't want them to do that. Um, all kinds of crazy stuff. On the other hand, I've had some really amazing interns who have become like family and who did care about me and my kids. And we share a lot of like inside jokes and secrets and the mentoring aspect comes up too, right? I had another one. He was so cute. He's this nerdy little engineering guy. He's like, can I ask you a question about my friend? My friend really likes this girl, but he's really shy. He doesn't know how to talk to her. So we had the, what should your friend do conversation, but it was really cute. And since then, the really cool thing is I get to see all of them grow up. Uh, about half my interns now have families of their own. Some of them had kids before I did. So now I get to see them being the parent before me. So that's been really cool. <laughs> yeah. So it definitely sounds like even though, there are some challenges with young adults. There always is. I think everybody probably works with a young adult at some point in their life, even in a corporate career. Um, and it's, it's all about mentoring. It's all about how you treat it. Um, and, and definitely mentorship. lots of communication. Exactly. <laughs> and it's, it's, I sometimes over communicate. Um, I, I think that's good. write a um, 110 page guidebook. Um, and I even tell people how to uh, take, for instance, um, pizza out of the cardboard box don't try and bake it in the cardboard box um yeah. crazy things like that you know i, you I put it in my hand but you did. exactly <laughs> nope didn't have to think of it but i've probably read everything um out there about all the crazy things people do do um yeah so and it, it is it is quite amazing it's kind of like they haven't faced that situation before but i'm sure i probably didn't face a lot of those situations until i was probably about 25 too so exactly um, some of them is the first time they're outside of their home away from their parents having to live an adult life so that's all i it. ask for is you accountability <laughs> i yes. say if you can have accountability you can do whatever you want to do just just tell me that you did it um yes. you're learning you're learning from it and you're not going to make that same mistake again exactly uh, yeah. i appreciate that too that's why i brought up that guy that uh did the detergent thing the next day he was like yeah i did it <laughs> like, like okay thank you thank you for not pretending that you didn't do it and walk away from the situation because we're going to discover it at some point I've had that too, where they have the, the big secret. Another one had some parties and they pushed the foosball table into the wall, made a hole. And they thought they could cover up with a sticker and we'd never notice. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't quite work that way. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think you, you kind of described of, you know, what was like to kind of become a host mom. What do you think your biggest growth or personal development out of this has been? I mean, beyond the mentorship, have you kind of gained anything from becoming a host mom? Have you become better in some way, shape or form? Maybe to your, to your kids or to your family life or even at work? Yeah, um, you know, I think it's always a continuous journey that every time you're mentoring or helping somebody, they're actually helping you learn too, right? So there's that, but the other benefits um, that you didn't think you were gonna have, just that you, you've gained another person in your life that you know more, I mean, cool with the culture. My current au pair is from South Africa. So I'm learning some cool facts about South Africa and some different perspective there that I didn't have before. So that's pretty awesome. I don't know what the biggest growth is, but I, I do feel that it's helping my whole family grow, right? We're all learning. And a really fun thing is, and I heard another, I, I steal this from another au pair mom. Um, she said, one of the cool things about having an au pair is that it helps you reflect. So every year we have to reset, right? We have to say, okay, let's start the search for the next one. And 
relook at our handbook and make the new rules and all of that. And it's something to remind us, like, let me reflect on how this last year went. And, you know, even though it was really great, what else can I do better? You know, reflect, ask for some feedback from my current on pair. Like, how can I make next year even more awesome? And I like that aspect. Um, my background's also continuous improvement. So it's really just helping to set that in. And it's also helping enforce having more fun in our family. I use that to my advantage to tell my husband, like, we have to go see more and travel more so that our parent can experience America. So that's been great. Exactly. So you get to plan more fun family vacations. And I bet you they're less stressful, too, because you have downtime for you and your husband to go out or a significant other to come with you and actually enjoy time alone. That's what I think is the best perk that no one really tells you about. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> I think like kind of another growth area that I've seen with other host host parents is is when you learn to share your home again and you learn with with a respectable adult, of course, the nice young adult. Um, it actually tra- it actually encourages you to communicate more within the family. So you know, if one of us, I call it team parent. So when a pair comes to our house, they become part of team parent, which we are enforcers of the rules. Um, we get to actually learn from each other. So it goes back to kind of like that team building where we're learning from each other. So sometimes the au pair figures out things before I have a chance to even figure out how to enforce them. Like, or I'm down with the system. I got it. So I'm like, Like, (laughs) you're hired. Like, I love this. Um, And you know, the more you let them kind of grow, I, I, I created this handbook as kind of like, here's a guide of, everything you might want to know about my house um, and yeah. fun things that I've learned along the way, such as, you know, the dishwasher, you know, you want to use a little tablet, not the dish soap. Uh, but what I let them do is I also say it's, it's your responsibility to learn and grow this year too. So I need you to come up with processes. If you see something that you don't like, help me fix it. Don't just tell yeah. me it's broken. Help me fix yeah. it. So yeah. that's, that's when my biggest learning is it's hard for me to sometimes delegate that. So, mm-hmm. um, I actually have uh, our au pairs find problems and fix it for us. So that's awesome. Um, <laughs> I'm going to feel that because my current au pair is such a rock star. She's been doing that naturally. Um, and sometimes, you know, I guess that's the other cool thing. You get an outside perspective on your kids. You know, sometimes it's hard for us to realize they're a little bit older than last year and they can handle some more responsibility. And uh, she's, she's doing that. Like, you know, I used to, um, always pick up their dishes and bring them to the sink because I was afraid they were gonna um break you know they would have butterfingers but they're six and eight right now I didn't it just didn't get through my head because that's how I was I was always scared they're breaking things and I don't want my kids to break things so I'll take the dishes but she was like she started this when I wasn't with her and then she started enforcing it and she put it into the rules of behavior she was like when you leave the table, first you have to ask. That was her rule. I never said that because I was like, whatever, kids can leave because um, I don't want to sit here and listen to you whine. But it's kind of a cool ad. It's like respect. Like, hey, exactly. They're part of team parent, enforcers of respect. And yeah, we'll- and then oh. you have to take your, your dishes to the sink. Help mom. And so exactly. now I'm enforcing the rule that she made. And that's pretty cool. <laughs> exactly. So it's all part of being team parent. So, um, yes. I think, you know, you'll probably see this come out pretty soon, but we're going to start a whole product line around Team Parent where it's like a rough shirt. And yes. as we welcome our au pairs, I say, welcome to Team Parent. You are enforcers of the rules. Um, so it's kind of our, our secret club. Um, and we kind of treat it like a soccer team where I'm like, you figured out how to score a goal? Teach me how. Because I want to keep it up. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I mean, so, that's the big tip. I think you see like a lot of Facebook groups on like how you handle how the au pair handles the kids. And I love the tip of like, if they handle it in a way that you don't like, you don't point that out in front of the kids because she's an authority figure. Exactly. You pull her side, you know, like, Hey, if, if they responded in such a way that maybe wasn't appropriate because they're learning the language because they learned it from YouTube, um, you just yeah. pull them aside and you say, Hey, we don't say that word. We actually say this word, but it's all good. The kids, exactly. the kids didn't pick it up. So we'll yeah. just fix it. So yeah, no, definitely. It's, it's about, you know, respect and for all parties. Is it me or do you feel like this time has gone so past on this podcast? We've had such a great time with Lisa and we're coming to the close of this podcast. So thank you for listening to part one. We've had a wonderful interview. So I had to break it into two parts because it was so long and I know we need to get on with our days. So I just want to say thank you to Lisa for sharing your experience. In part two of this interview, we'll go into more questions about au pair life and how to build those long lasting relationships. So thank you again, Lisa, for coming on the show and sharing that positive side of the au pair program and how it's impacted your life. This podcast, like others, is helping document the host family life and how it's been a positive impact for not only being a cultural exchange program, but also as a way to open up boundaries for the next generation. If you're a host family, we want to hear from you. And we would love for you to join our podcast and share your story. Our goal is to share positive stories that change lives forever and support cultural diversity and inclusion within our families and ultimately hopefully make an impact to save the J-1 visa program. Visit our website under Team Parent for more details on how to contact us and get on our podcast. Until then, go Team Parent! been listening to the Innovate Your Life with Mary Michael. Tune in again to learn more about how you can innovate your life and realize your purpose and dreams and live your best life. Visit www.innovateyourlife.today. A special thanks to those that make this show possible. Our show is produced by Melissa, the master artist. Our co-host is Linda, the collaborator, catalyst, and connector. And our show is recorded and edited in the spare time of Mary Michael. Thanks again, and we'll see you soon.